Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out west, Adam Stanko. Just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. Coming Thursday, the Going ISO edition. We go long form, sit down with all sorts of folks who've touched the NBA. You miss Game of Zones? I do. We'll speak with co creator Adam Malamut. That comes your way on Thursday on the Rejecting the Screen feed. If you haven't listened to Josiah Johnson yet at King Josiah 54, the prime mover of NBA Twitter. Please go back and do so. The sirens you can hear outside are coming for those who haven't listened yet. And the fact that the numbers on that episode are lower than some of the other numbers we've had for other guests, to me, just mind-blowing. So make sure you check out Josiah Johnson's edition of Going ISO here on Rejecting the Screen. Coming up, James Harden is plus 25 Hundred for MVP. Kevin Durant plus twelve hundred on BetOnline.ag. Something just doesn't add up. But Adam, let's start with Friday night's Wolves Raptors game. As why wouldn't we start with Friday night's Wolves Raptors game? What stood out to you about the uh, the aggressive nature of the pick and roll? No, I'm just kidding. Anthony <laughs> Edwards dunk over Yuta Watanabe was filthy. And I'm hoping that as sports cards have come back and you try to Mm -hmm. figure out that market, I'm hoping that that poster actually brings posters back. That was my first thought. That'd be beautiful. We need to get in touch with our guy, Andy Bernstein, and see what we can work out. Maybe we start a whole new poster industry that needs to be revitalized. I mean... The, so, obviously, Noah, making inference to the Edwards dunk and what comes next, our favorite topic, NBA Twitter, goes bananas over part A, the dunk, and part B, Nate Duncan's contrarian viewpoint, is that a good way to put it, regarding the dunk, talking about how, yeah, that's all well and good that he dunked it, but right, the so- numbers... So so here's the tweet. Anthony Edwards all over Twitter tonight with the dunk of the year. Yeah, it it was the dunk of the year. For sure. One of the best dunks in game, maybe in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. He also has seven points on three of 14 shooting 0 of seven from three. Okay. So we decided to talk about this because we don't think that many other podcast hosts will get into this we're not making this personal at all we oftentimes read between the lines try to discuss topics that aren't widely discussed for any number of reasons that folks say hey i'm not going to touch that but i think that the two of us can do that in a respectful way now to me this tweet is the definition of why everyone needs an internal editor. So when you type a tweet, you look at it and think, what am I hoping to get out of this tweet? Is this to inform? Is this to entertain? Well, the dunk was the entertaining part. I don't need to know anything else about Anthony Edwards. Like if the dunk on the the tweet about the dunk with the video said, future Hall of Famer Anthony Edwards or 
this guy should be an all-star Anthony Edwards, then yeah. And Nate, who deals in numbers, analytics, Nate's got a very successful podcast, Dunked On Podcast with Danny LaRue. He also hosts one here on the Locked On Podcast Network with John Hollinger. Full disclosure. Hollinger and Duncan. He got excoriated. Excoriated. Noah, what happened here is the greatest case of the times we're living in in terms of this classic debate of purists or people who are trying to enjoy the game as just the game itself and love the narratives and love the storylines and love the sports center highlights. And then this whole group that's now coming up who is not just coming up, but has made their mark in the analytics industry. And in a way it, it looks like I should say that this is symbolic of that because really it was a chance for everybody who has an issue with people that are analytics folks. And I'll, I'll explain though to all of a sudden jump on and say, Nate Duncan's doing this because he's an analytics guy. That's the only thing they see. And that's essentially what the argument is coming from the basketball purist side. Why they hate the analytics side is these guys don't appreciate. They don't like it. They don't appreciate the game. They're not enjoying the game. What they're doing is just picking it apart and trying to find stats and and numbers uh, within. And they've taken the fun out of the game. I think in a way, you mentioned the reason sometimes you send a tweet. Nate had to know in the back of his mind that he's he's taking the contrarian viewpoint. He's, he's running counter to everyone. And I think was trying to inflame the conversation a bit. I didn't read that any other way as to, yeah, guys, slow down, slow your roll. You're all excited about Anthony Edwards, but look at the game he's kind of having. He's not having a great game. And in the in the grander scheme of things, to your point, what he also could have done was, look, here's the reason it jumps out at you on tape, the reason to love Anthony Edwards. He has that kind of explosiveness, but here's the reason that people's expectations are being tempered some because his performance on the court has been a bit inconsistent and he needs to work on his shot some. If it was phrased differently and it was taken from that viewpoint, maybe we're having a different conversation. So along those lines, I've worked with a lot of people. This was when I was hosting on Sirius NBA radio who would say off the air, I'll say this on the radio, but I wouldn't tweet that. And I think we've all come to that crossroads at a certain period of time. I would tweet this or or I might say this, but I wouldn't tweet it because the audiences are different and I don't want to go down that path. When the fact is you could say something and then it gets picked up and tweeted, but you are now just taking that risk and hoping that maybe it, it doesn't happen. But if you truly feel something that strongly about something that you would say it on national radio, say it on a podcast, yeah, may, maybe you would tweet it. But, but it is a crossroads for, for a lot of folks. But oftentimes it comes down to where it's something personal. In this case, I would just sit this one out. That if, if you don't have a comment about the dunk itself, or even like, hey, credit, uh, feel bad for Watanabe, who is now going to end up on posters. Or now I feel bad, feel bad for him. Oh, look at his face. It just had his his stat line had nothing to do with it in the context. As I said, it didn't the, the tweet itself with the dunk didn't say future Hall of Famer or this guy should be an all-star 
or he's going to be an all-timer. Just just sit it out. Ask yourself, what am I hoping to accomplish with this tweet? And maybe Nate got what he wanted out of it. But based on a few of the replies, I don't think that he either one expected that type of backlash and all and full disclosure I didn't ask Nate either mm-hmm. he didn't expect it or because he did then end up going back at a few other people who replied to him there's a weird thing that happens on Twitter which I've certainly fallen victim to and Noah I'm sure you have as well but but you're a better man than me so maybe this isn't the case where there is a hot topic all of a sudden and it it could be political it obviously could be something to do with a player a team anything surrounding the nba or things that people are talking about a trending topic on twitter that all of a sudden there is a need for let me interject my opinion on this let me get in on this conversation and i often feel that way like Sometimes I'm moved as to, hey, I want to be the first one to comment on this thing because I want to put it out there. You know, we talked about it recently. Sadiq Bey is my favorite player in the NBA draft. I wanted to be one of the first ones to say, I think this guy is going to be a star in the NBA. And I want to say it now before it's easy to say that. So sometimes we say that. But other times it's there's a trending topic. We try to jump on board And sometimes I've caught myself where I say something and it's way too quick and maybe it's long information or maybe I'm really not adding to the conversation. And even my perspective isn't adding anything to the conversation. And I find that sometimes there's that pull to do it. And I, I have to check myself. Am I doing this because I'm really benefiting others for what I tweet or is this just self-serving where I'm just trying to get on the conversation, get a few retweets, and maybe, hey, there's a few new followers that come out of that. And that's the that's the truth. I put out a tweet about James Harden and got a text from a friend of mine who has many Twitter followers, and he gave me a little eye roll. And I thought, you know, if you disagree with me and you want a text, let's have the public discussion here. But you don't want to put that out to the masses yourself. So sometimes things run the other way as well. And you know what? A lot of this does come down to, yeah, okay, we can't have these conversations over Twitter. There's so many different opinions. People are looking to attack. So I always just say, so then get in a group text and just text with your friends. Oftentimes it's more enjoyable that way. And if you're looking to enjoy yourself, then do it with your friends, not people that you don't know or you're not interested in getting attacked yeah just stick with your friends speaking of twitter conversations well the mvp conversation certainly have that coming up we've been telling you for a while now about rockauto.com that's where you can go and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they just make it so easy to shop for everything you could ever possibly need tail lamps to a new carpet You can get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks, and they deliver everything directly to your door. It's got a great catalog, so easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brands, the specifications, the prices you prefer, so very easy to filter out what you do and don't want. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals, the do-it-yourselfers, and as we like to say, we're the try-it-yourselfers. So then why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D space on, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You need sports news, but you don't have a whole lot of time? Perfect. You can get all the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Start your day with all the sports news you need in just about 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, in 18 games with the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden is shooting 50% from the floor. He was shooting 44% with Houston. He's shooting 41% from three. That's up 6% from when he was shooting in Houston to start the season. He's 25, 11 and a half, and eight rebounds. Same points per game as that he was scoring at Houston, but now doing it much more efficiently. The way he got out of Houston is frankly pretty disgusting. So he's not going to win the MVP because of that. Mm -hmm. Also because of the way he played in Houston, but also the way he got out of Houston. The media vote, he shouldn't win the MVP, in in my opinion, because of that. But betonline.ag has him at plus 2,500, which is pretty silly. I mean, some crazy things can happen with some injuries ahead of some of the stars. And then maybe James Harden somehow miraculously is the last guy standing. Because KD at plus 1,200 hasn't played a lot of these games now with with the Nets. How is that possible? Luka is plus 1,400. Damian Lillard, we said before the season that we were going to be seeing a headline. Wow, I could have gotten Damian Lillard at plus 1,800 for MVP. Well, now he's plus 2,000. I don't even know how the odds got longer at this point. (laughs) But you want to talk about James Harden as an MVP candidate. Well, here's the deal. As As we record this, Nets six in a row, coming off a sweep of the L.A.'s, the Lakers and Clippers, which you could argue are the two best teams in in basketball, and and what's amazing, as you point out, is that he now on the season is averaging twenty five points, eleven assists, and over seven rebounds a game. Um, he's shooting over forty eight percent, which in the years that we've knocked James Harden. I mean, just with his time with the Nets alone, which he's already, again, as you point out, played 18 games, 50% from the floor. He's shooting 41% from three. So he, for the first time, has – I don't I don't want to say for the first time has help because that's going to come back to Berman. But he's got big-time help. And you just see what happens when you put superstars together. And I don't think that you can point out to a player on the Nets, as you point out the Durant numbers, and, of course, we got to mention Kyrie, who's been brilliant. But but there's not another guy that's been more impactful in terms of the reason specifically that they're winning games. Harden has been sensational. And and the truth is, it makes for such an interesting experiment here. And it just shows how ridiculous, as you point out, the actual odds on the MVP, but, but just how ridiculous it is to select this thing. Because there's no parameters, really. It's the most valuable player. So 
usually it'll be associated with winning every time. Oh, by the way, if you've won it for a few years in a row, then now voters say, well, we don't want to give it to you every single year. So that starts to set in. Oh, wait a minute. We think you should have more MVPs on your career resume. So now we got to give you one for that. I mean, there's so many different factors. And then last year became the ultimate narrative conversation, right? Oh, the things that LeBron has had to go through. We need to make sure that he gets bumped for that. And and it's so insane, so insane that I meant reference that earlier, my 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 text that I received after tweeting out that I think James Harden should be in the MVP discussion, my text from a prominent national NBA writer, he said to me, hey, your Giannis pick last year is looking worse and worse by the day, which again just shows how ridiculous <laughs> And he has an MVP vote, this person. It shows how ridiculous the whole thing is because that was last year. What are you talking about? It's more That just shows you how some people are viewing the MVP vote. And I just think in general, if you're saying who's been most valuable to their team this year, yes, he was terrible with the – I mean, he, he tanked for, for the Rockets, by the way, still averaged 25 and 10 during that stretch. But James Harden in 18 games has been – as valuable with the Nets as anyone else in the league. Everything has to be done in a vacuum. That's what Mm -hmm. it is. It's the regular season. It's got to be done in a vacuum. So so his first game was January 16th, was Harden. They're they're 14 and 5 when he's on the court. Now, the, the issue is, or I should say that the benefit is, when all three of those guys have played, they only have one loss. Well, it's kind of like one and a half because then it was there's that Toronto game when KD played a few minutes and then left. But they've got the best offense in the league since since the trade at a, at a one twenty offensive rating and an effective field goal percentage of of sixty percent, which is far and above anybody else in the league. And the net rating, though, because the defense is so bad, is tenth. And we've and we've talked about that the defense needs to improve, and it has a little bit in spurts. So that's all you need. Is I don't I don't think you're going to need a top ten defense. Just I mean in order to get there, they've got such the hill to climb, but they've got to be good enough. And I do think that they're that that team is smart enough to be able to win in playoff series. But it all depends on who they're playing. I mean if. Joel Embiid's gonna is gonna eat, and you're gonna see like old school basketball. And the Sixers, seventy percent of their shots are twos, and that's most in the league. And that's Joel Embiid. But right now, they are the odds-on favorite in the Eastern Conference, according to BetOnline.ag. And then the Bucks, and then the Sixers are plus five seventy-five. So I recommend that one as well. Incredible. I, two points here. One, just on the Nets winning it. I said earlier this season that I believe that they will win the championship. That was pre-Harden, pre-Harden. I think that they're going to win it now with James Harden. Yes, there are going to be obstacles, but I think this team is going to win it. I love how they've sort of settled on that Kyrie statement about Harden is our point guard. That public statement, that sentiment was so important to sort of say, hey, I'm allowing you to be the guy. And I think that's going to be critical to their success. I also noticed teams around the league, the Nets seem to be the only team that other teams fear. And and I think that's always interesting. They're always concerned about the fact that there's just so many matchup problems. And as long as the Nets distribute the ball and play decently on the defensive end, I think they're my pick pick to win it. The other thing 
I would say um, on the Harden front, we're talking about a guy, and again, just one more thing on the MVP, who has won an MVP in the past three times, was second in MVP voting. And your comment about treating everything in a vacuum is so critical because when you compare what he has done this season, and again, only in Houston for eight games. So you really have to look at just what he's doing with the Nets. And it wasn't like it was an abomination in Houston. It was just when he was leaving, it was so ugly. But his time in Brooklyn has been better than I think you could argue any season he's had in the past. His shooting numbers are way up. um, And just his overall efficiency has been incredible. This would also be his highest um, assist average. Again, this just taking his Nets numbers of, of any point in his career. So he's shooting it better. And he's also distributing it better, distributing it better than at any point in his career. So you could argue this is his best season, at least if you just take the Nets portion. But also we know that members of a big three don't win the MVP. For sure. Because For sure. they have so many great players around them. So it looks enticing at plus 2,500. And maybe so maybe you throw down a dollar to see what happens. Not any real coin, but the, the plus 2,000 on Damian Lillard. Mm. That is, mm. that's interesting. What's also interesting is, as we record this on Monday, most teams have about six games left in the first half of the season. So what are we looking forward to next week? Plus the NBA draft prospect that has Adam up at night. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place your bets. A lot of hoops, college basketball, NHL, Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. We already told you about James Harden. MVP, conversation, in quotes. Well, he's plus 2,500. We told you before the season that the headline at some point during the year would be, wow, I could have gotten Damian Lillard at plus 1,800 to win the MVP. Well, right now he's at plus 2,000. Even better. Sprinkle it a little bit on those two. You can head to the website, you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is locked on, L O C K E D on, locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, last week, I said I was looking forward to the Spurs week, mm-hmm. and then their week got canceled. <laughs> like an hour after we did the podcast. And then, full disclosure, you said, I can re-record. I'm I'm good. And I was like, no, no, I'm not re-recording this. Like, this is is just what happens. This is what happens. The week just gets wiped out because of COVID, because we're in a pandemic. It's what happens. I'll stay in the same division, though, and mention one team there and one team in the East, the Memphis Grizzlies. Four games. As we record this Monday afternoon, they're at Dallas Monday night. Ja and Luca. Wednesday, Thursday, home for the Clippers. And then Sunday, they're at Houston. So I need to see Memphis win two out of three in a back-to-back against the Clippers 
and one against Dallas, and then not a letdown against Houston because their defense in the last 10 has been really bad. And their opponents are getting a ton of points off turnovers, which have just been killing them. And it's just a shame that Jaron Jackson isn't there. But Justice Winslow's back, and I'm interested in seeing how he plays since he hasn't played basketball in about 400 days. And he looked eager to be out there on the court. And then the Eastern Conference, well, also with Memphis, I had said before the season that it's going to be the full changing of the guard, that it's not going to be San Antonio or Dallas that's going to win that division. So I kind of need Memphis to do something. Toronto has won four straight. Now they're over 500. And Tuesday, they've got Philly. Then Wednesday, they're at Miami. The Raptors are playing so well without Kyle Lowry that they're like 17-0, and 0, I think it is, since mid-November 2019 without Kyle Lowry. The college prospect that I am excited to see, we've talked about, there's been there's three contenders really for the number one pick in the draft, unless somehow Jalen Green finds his way in the discussion. But there's three contenders, at least in the college game this year. Evan Mobley at USC, Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga, who I recently spoke about. And we haven't talked about Cade Cunningham, who a lot of people all year long were saying was the number one pick. And now that we're seeing some different names there, sometimes that's just because people like to mix it up, especially with the mock drafts. Hey, look at my mock. I have a different guy at number one. Cade Cunningham, who is listed at 6'8 as a lead guard, I think is the next star to play in the in the NBA. Uh, he's averaging nearly 19 points a game over six boards, nearly four assists. And the best thing about Cade Cunningham is that he is going to force you to play at his pace. And I've talked about guys like this before on the podcast, but they are rare when they come around. Luca is such a great example because you can watch him on tape and it doesn't matter whether he's 13 years old playing in some league. Later, he's playing at a young age and in the Euro League and dominating, everyone seems to be playing at the pace that Luca is playing at, and the game becomes so much easier. Trey Young has that ability. James Harden has that ability. Those guys, it's just such a rare trait that, that the game slows down and, they, and, and plays it at their pace. Obviously, LeBron and, and guys like Kobe are the same way. Cade Cunningham has that and just completely dominates the game. His vision is sensational. He's not an A-plus athlete but he shoots it exceptionally well from three and his understanding of the game is so great and he gets whatever really shot he wants. So he's one of those guys going to get to his spot, going to make sure that the pace is at his, at, at his liking, and then he can score or distribute. And at that size, you have, absolutely have to love that too. So potentially rounding out the last few games he's playing, they're going to play the NCAA tournament. So funny seeing some of these scores go across the bottom line and then see teams records. It's like one team is 18 and 10 and the other team is two and six. <laughs> well, here's another one for you. That's that's wild right now in college basketball is that there is a seven day. You basically have to be perfect as a team, period. If you are going to play that, they're actually going to have replacement teams named prior to the tournament. So just like you have. Here's the selection committee's teams and OK, here are the last four out or whatever. Well, forget last four out. Now you're talking about teams that are replacement teams in case teams can't go, which also could potentially lead to teams opting out of their conference tournaments. Because if you're Gonzaga and undefeated and you've beaten everybody by 35 points every every game, why are you possibly going to go and play in a conference tournament that you could ultimately have a guy get infected and then bump you out of winning a national championship later? It is the strangest of times. 
And also on the college basketball side, Noah, my friend Ed Fang, his podcast, The Football Analytics Show. I wanted to mention that we actually went deep into essentially what it takes to win the national championship, and it'll help you with your bracket as you end up inevitably putting together a bracket at some point. So check out the podcast that I did with Ed Fang. We talked about Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, a bunch of other teams that could potentially win it. It was a really interesting conversation with Ed. He's, he's a really, really brilliant guy, so it was fun doing that with him. Frank Isol, unable to join us on today's program. Check out everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network. The aforementioned Hollinger and Duncan, John Hollinger and Nate Duncan. That comes your way once a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA, the national program, five days a week. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, all things NBA draft. That's Adam's favorite. And your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network, all 30 teams, every single day, you're on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're on Instagram sometimes at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov. C-O-S-L-O-V. Coming Thursday, if you've missed Game of Zones, like I assume everybody has, especially if you're on NBA Twitter, we'll speak with co-creator Adam Malamut, and I promise to ask, what happened? Adam? Thanks, pal. You are the best.